on a hunting trip through the interior of South America at the end of his speaking tour. He planned to collect new species of birds and other animals for the American Museum of Natural History. At the time, South America was a very mysterious continent. Large parts were unexplored, leaving a blank space about the size of Montana on the map. The mighty Amazon jungle which landed squarely in that unknown space, was a dangerous, dense, and nearly impenetrable wilderness. For those who dared to enter the jungle, many did not make it out alive. Merciless disease, wild beasts, and Indian attacks were a constant threat. Even those who survived its perils warned others against going, calling it suicidal, and telling them to expect nothing less than catastrophe. But that kind of risk didn't discourage Roosevelt. It made him want to go even more. Though Roosevelt was born into a wealthy family, living a life of privilege and luxury in New York City, he chose to live a strenuous life, meaning, in his words, the life of toil and effort, of labor and strife. As a result, he was a man of action who didn't mind getting his hands dirty, literally, He could often be found baling hay and chopping wood at his country home on Long Island, refusing to let any physical limitations get in his way. But that wasn't always the case. Roosevelt would grow up to be as fit as a bull moose, but when he was a child, he was very sickly, frail, and nervous. In fact, his parents didn't expect him to live long. As a child, Roosevelt suffered from acute asthma, a respiratory disease that caused his airways to constrict, making it difficult for him to breathe. If he was unlucky, an asthma attack could lead to suffocation. At the time, doctors didn't know what caused these attacks, and there wasn't any medicine that could help. All Roosevelt could do was stay in bed, propped up on pillows, feeling like he was being strangled as he coughed, wheezed, and gasped for breath. Sometimes, in desperation, his father would load him into a horse-drawn carriage and speed through the city streets, hoping the air would be forced into his son's lungs and help him breathe. His parents had him try other remedies of the time, such as smoking cigars and drinking black coffee, but nothing helped. Since Roosevelt was unwell and often stuck indoors, he spent much of his time reading books, He loved reading about forests and jungles, intensely studying the sketches and detailed information about wildlife, monkeys, vampire bats, lions, cheetahs, and bears, to name a few. When he was well enough to get out of bed, he carried The Illustrated Natural History by J.G. Wood under one arm and a book about Africa under the other. All his reading about nature sparked a lifelong passion. One day, when eight-year-old Roosevelt was walking up Broadway in Manhattan, he passed by a market where he was sometimes sent to buy strawberries before breakfast. But on this occasion, something else caught his eye. I suddenly saw a dead seal laid out on a slab of wood. I asked where it was killed and was informed in the harbor. As long as that seal remained there, I haunted the neighborhood of the market day after day, Roosevelt recalled. Even though Roosevelt didn't have a tape measure, he used a pocket ruler to take the measurements of the seal, a rare find in New York City. He carefully wrote down the measurements in a notebook, just like a naturalist who studies animals and plants. 
He was eventually given the seal's skull, and he and his cousins displayed it in his bedroom closet, which he called the Roosevelt Museum of Natural History. This marked the beginning of Roosevelt's collection of wildlife specimens. Soon, the Roosevelt Museum displayed tadpoles, bugs, bird nests, and more animal skeletons. Roosevelt's notebook became filled with detailed descriptions of the physical characteristics and habits of the wildlife he observed. In a short while, the collection of wildlife specimens expanded beyond his closet. He brought home an assortment of live animals, too. He successfully raised a few baby gray squirrels, feeding them milk through a glass syringe. His tree frog lived in the parlor, while his snapping turtle could be found tied to the laundry tub. In an empty flower pot, he housed a sociable family of white-footed mice. But the woodchuck...